All right, we sound very good. Inner voice, inner voice. And oh my goodness. Okay. I said, I said inner voice with a little bit of volume, not caring. Okay, not like just my ears. Okay. Anyways. Hello, everyone. I am Marcibel, and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Welcome back to the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture, cultural nomads designed for blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mo Civil, Nigerian born, US educated, Korean speaking, struggling intellectual. I have a friend with me today on the podcast, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce them. Her name is Adenike Adoye, and she's Nigerian. She studied computer science at the other school called University of Ibadan. <laughs> She worked for close to 10 years. Okay, for those listening, there's just always that rivalry between um, my university, the University of Lagos, the first choice, and University of Ibadan. So we always say there's that two universities Which in Nigeria. Which is the best? Oh, calm down, girl. Um, there are two universities. This is my podcast again. If you want to talk about your school, start your own podcast. But there are two universities okay. in Nigeria, University of Lagos and other ones. So she's one of those other schools that we always long together. Anyway, so she worked for close okay. to 10 years. Where? Uh, I worked with a software firm. I worked uh, with a ba- bank briefly, yeah. and then I moved into telecom. Telecom is where you where I have most of my experience. Oh, okay, okay. See, like an onion, I get to know her through the podcast again. <laughs> well, she decided to get her MBA at the University of Texas at Austin, which is you know where we met here in the US. She started her postgraduate in 2014 and graduated in 2016. She's one of those people that. I've met here that are very passionate about all things Nigeria because she believes we have what it takes to be a great country. Everyone, join me welcoming my wonderful friend, Miss Adeniki Adoye. And heads up, she has the R factor. I'm sure the French people somewhere they're probably dying, you know, for her R factor. <laughs> Welcome, Nike. How are you doing today? Hi, Bo. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Well, it's about time. You know, we've had conversations, conversations about or oh, just a backstory. I met Nike. I want to say in 2016, right? Shortly after you got your MBA. Yes. And yeah. um, was it? Well, we had a mutual friend that was getting married, and we found that oh, it was during the bridal shower. I remember. So it was yes. April 21st of 2016. Yes, I remember that date. And we met and, you know, and we just kind of got talking afterwards and we stayed together for, I think, for a whole summer and then I got to know her very well. I mean, one thing I really, really like about you is just how well-rounded you are. And you're very, very passionate about Nigeria. You still advocate a lot and you have a very strong heart for the youth, which is one of the reasons why I brought you to the podcast. So, thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um... Recently, something happened in our country. I tried looking at the original source, but I, I couldn't really get whether this was implied or it was taken out of context. But the gist of it, for those listening, it's the president, the current president, President Mohamed Buhari, allegedly said something along the line of Nigerian youths are lazy. And I've had a lot of conversations with Nikkei, and we've talked about just how we can you know, empower the youth. Because a lot of what we do is sometimes bash them, you know, which understandably so makes sense. But we can't keep bashing the youth and not think about ways we can you know, empower them to be their very best. So I'm going to ask this question to you first, Nikkei. 
why are you yes. so passionate about the Nigerian youth and why should we be passionate about them? Well, Nigeria as a country depends on this generation of people to succeed in life. You know, we have come a long way uh, when it comes to the number of years we've had our independence. But when it comes to what the people gain from the country, considering the number of resources that we have, we can't really say much about what the people can get from the country itself. The government has failed us. Everything has failed us. And uh, my personal hope is that our youth are going to, you know, uh, be able to perform the task of taking the country to where it really belongs, which is among the developed nations. They are our current foundation that we are hoping will hold us strong and keep us from, you know, chaos. Because if we continue to go the way we we currently are, then it means that would probably not exist again the next hundreds of years. So we do need the youth to believe in a different type of Nigeria and work towards it. Oh wow, that's a very very um, good response, and I I actually feel myself getting old, Ginger. So I want to say that this whole generational gap of the older generation blaming the younger generation, I don't think it's anything new. I bet, you know, the generation before us, they probably had a lot of things to say about our generation. And so that being said, do you think the current state of Nigeria, do you think it's something we should be worried about? If yes, why? If no, why not? Uh, I would say yes. And just to buttress my point, I would like to first refer to what the president said about most Nigerian youth being lazy. Uh, that statement is very wrong because uh, you can't call them lazy when even you haven't done your own part. And as you mentioned earlier, you need resources to empower people to be their best. If those resources are not there, you can't blame them for not being their best. I And despite the inadequacies of the government, despite so many inadequacies of the system in Nigeria, I've had the pleasure of meeting, knowing or reading about amazing Nigerian youth that are doing way beyond even what I can dream of doing. There are amazing people out there that are trying to strive despite the fact that they don't have enough. There are a lot of them that are doing way more than what kids here in the U.S. would do to get the least that kids in the U.S. would you know, normally get as a better way. Yeah. And so it is very wrong for him to, to condemn everybody without highlighting his own deficiencies when it comes to the system structure. However, I would say this, I fear also for the Nigerian youth. And that's because uh, when I was in college, when I was in high school, of course, as you know, kids, teenagers and all of that, you get distracted by boys, you get distracted by parties and you know, what have you not. But then in this age and time, the distraction is way more than it used to be. And it's not just that. The accessibility to that distraction is closer than it used to be. Before, you would have to get an invite to you know, be able to even attend all of this party. Yeah. Or not, right? But the kind of distractions we have today, especially with social media, even though social media in itself is a blessing, yeah. but the kind of distractions that are used today get with social media. They don't have to go to anywhere. They can be in their room and get distracted from the real things that they should pay attention to. And that's why I fear for the future of Nigeria if we continue like this. I remember uh, I don't believe in conspiracy theories and uh, 
I'm not a big fan of blaming others for for your problems, yeah. right? I remember mentioning it to a group of my friends. Mo, you are part of the group I'm talking about, I, where I said that you know, uh, looking at the way things are right now, I feel that you know it's uh, I can easily assume that social media was created even though to empower everybody but also to cause a lot of distraction to developing nations because we are the ones that don't need the distraction the most but we are the ones that are actually using it more than people that need it that you know we do that's because uh even though i know very hard-working nigerians i know very you know determined focused uh, nigerian youth for every one nigerian that is hard-working and focused there's probably 10 others that's lost in their ways yeah. and so it's frightening what the future is going to look like and the world is changing unfortunately nobody is paying attention and it's only those that consciously work hard to make whatever it is they do or wherever it is they live or wherever it is that they call home it's those, only those that consciously work hard to make it great that are going to come up yeah with the with those at the top because uh, you don't pay attention and things are going right beside you and before you know it, you're back to being not just a developing country as a nation, but maybe even worse. Oh, got it. Um, so when you were talking, a lot of ideas were popping into my head. I thought about some of the challenges that are facing Nigerian youth. And I'd like for us to like you know expand on that, as, as you and you agree on them. So let's even start with, because one of the things you said earlier was, if President Buhari would like to, you know, cast that kind of assertion about Nigerian youth, he first needs to acknowledge his own failures for not providing the basic, you know, infrastructure that we need. And one thing I, I really emphasize on is education. You know, I mean, like you and I think uh, many of us, we had the privilege of going to good primary schools, which kind of laid the foundation for education. You know, we could go to better secondary schools, and that opens you to um, a world of better opportunities. You can get better jobs. But I feel like education as a whole right now, compared to how it was when we were growing up, I mean, there's a lot that it is... There's just a lot that is lagging behind as far as quality education. So almost as if there's a deliberate, um, there's a deliberate scheme. And I also don't believe in conspiracy theories. But if you look at the state of education, like I've heard of people that try to employ youths and the CV is nothing to write home about. And I find them um, reading with abbreviations or people that cannot defend, that cannot even you know present themselves. So do you think that education is something that if we're to empower the youth, we need to like start with that, making sure at least the basic education that everybody has a chance to at least aspire for something greater? What do you think? You're very right. Education is the foundation of everything when it comes to you know what will become in the future, even though some people don't believe in education. But I tell them education is just not about sitting in the classroom. Education is everything about learning, mm -hmm. and that can be anything as well. And you rightly pointed out that the Nigerian educational system is worse than is that its worst state ever. I'll tell you this. When I was in, you know, school in Nigeria, yeah. education wasn't the best at all. But you see, despite the fact that it wasn't the best, we really it was a, it was it wasn't an option by our parents then. It was like a given that you know you yeah, have to school. just go to school and you just go to college. It's like the norm, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so even though it wasn't the best, we made do with what we had, and. Because we didn't have as many distractions, we're trying to excel at the little, you know, educational system that we had. Yeah. And also, a lot of us also try to build on that, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, the state of things are worse. 
when it comes to the educational system itself. And the youth, unfortunately, are not even paying attention to even build on whatever they have. So it's like you're missing out in the two critical ingredients of yeah. being the best of whoever you can be. Yeah. And that's uh, the sad thing in itself. It comes all the way that back to, you know, my talk about, you know, uh, all the distractions. I keep saying distractions. Most especially, I'm really talking about social media in its entirety. Yeah. And that's because a lot of Nigerian youth now will tell you they are slay queens or... (laughs) It's sad. It's sad. Oh, my goodness. When you look at what exactly is wrong, you... And, you know, people try to impress their enemies, their their supposed enemies, by going out of their way. You're right. Pepper them gang. With what they don't have. And now, because of that, then there's a lot of attention to just getting money whichever way you can. And then that comes... It's a lot of interwoven issues that I fear... Yes, I fear that a lot of us don't understand how deep this problem is and how worse it can get with time. When I was talking to a group of my friends about, you know, the fact that the uh, social media might be there to distract uh, the third world countries. And uh, a friend of mine mentioned that, ah, but it's also here in the U.S. I said, yes, it's here in the U.S. And the youth are getting distracted as well. But we have been at a disadvantage right from time. Yeah. The youth here, no matter how distracted they are, there's a structure that had been built in place that it will be very difficult for anything to just, you know, disrupt that system. Unfortunately, we don't even have a system to talk about. Yeah, I was like, you have no nets to fall under. Because exactly. Americans, they, they have such a you know clear social infrastructure. So even if exactly. they fall, there's like a safety net to catch them. Safety nets, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, uh, even though our, our educational system is worse than it can ever be, which I feel the government is sleeping on, but as you said, maybe it's a conspiracy. I would uh, personally say concerning our educational system, not just the educational system, but everything, infrastructure in Nigeria, yeah. the uh, everything, it's really not a conspiracy theory when it comes to Nigeria. Our government is not that intelligent, I tell you that. I mean, look not at the that average, average lawmaker, about like 45 years. Exactly. Most of them exactly. don't even have beyond, I want to say high school degrees, exactly. and I'm, I'm being optimistic just saying that. You're right. You're very right. So they're not even intelligent enough to put in that kind of conspiracy theory. The problem with all the things in Nigeria is corruption. So it's not like, oh, they believe uh, once you get educated now, oh, so they just don't want you to get it. No, it's just that they're trying to eat as much as they can, so everything suffers. Hmm. They don't understand that if they put the right systems in place, they would actually have have more to eat from because uh, uh, the economy will be booming nobody will even be paying attention people will be willing to pay taxes but everything will be working so well that you make your money while empowering you know the people of your country but it's just you know the selfish nature of us and i'm sorry i keep you know talking and talking no, and okay. going it's okay it's, it's okay i understand and i'm also thinking that there's deliberate marginalization of the nigerian youth almost as if you know how that if you want to distract a child you 
put like a, a jingly thing in front of them and you know they get distracted there's so many distractions one that you know really bothers me is you know big brother nigeria and all those get rich quick scams that many nigerian <laughs> usually fall, fall to like we're not even we're not even emphasizing the the importance of you know good virtues like going to school trying to get a good degree and and then to the people that even follow that there's no reward to even do the right thing because by the time they get those degrees go to school go to college and get you know five years four year degrees they come out the job market is like there's nothing really there for them and so what do they have to do nothing you know let, let me give you let me talk from what you just said now i'm going to list you know two or three points from what you just said now you're very right uh, the Big Brother Nigeria that just you know concluded last Sunday, uh, it was a huge distraction. And it wasn't just about that. It just talks about. It just shows what our youth place value in. And I'll give you an example. I heard I read yesterday that you know there were about 170 million votes, which is like the population of Nigeria. Of course, wow. we know that babies cannot. Uh, cannot support. <laughs> so it just tells you so many people exactly. Exactly, you're right. So it just tells you so many people voted multiple times. But I tell you that of all these people, for you to vote, it means that most likely you are, you know, you are uh, eligible to vote, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you that not even half of this number of people, which I'm assuming, of course, is going to be way less than 170 million, but yeah. let's call that half. Half of that is not ready to start to vote in the next election. Wow. The Nigerians don't even know the importance of voting. And I understand, oh, well, my vote might not count. Yeah. That is the lie that we've been telling ourselves. When it's going to count, nobody's going to tell you. And until you start doing your own part, you can't even complain of not getting the best facility, uh, infrastructure. Or government, Exactly. It's your least civic duty. Yeah. And you hear some people say, well, I, I didn't vote, oh, so that president, that is bad, at least I didn't vote. And I tell them, even though you didn't vote, by default, you voted for the winner. Can we stop trying to shift responsibilities here? <laughs> They just don't understand the impact of some of these little, 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 little issues that yeah. they think is little, but that is big. It's big, yeah. So, second point I want to point out from what you said as well is the fact that now money is everything. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. Money used to be everything right from before we were even born, even in days of Adam and Eve. It used to be at, uh, uh, at least money gotten right, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a say, there's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. I remember when I was growing up, you don't even bring a pencil that belongs to somebody else from nursery school. If your neighbor, yeah. yeah, you can't bring it home. If your neighbor sees you stealing something, the neighbor will beat you from wherever you are, <laughs> all the way home. And then your mom will tell them thank you. And exactly. Be and there's this saying in Yoruba, I'm from Western Nigeria, I will speak Yoruba. There's this saying, yes, in Yoruba, it says that, Omonyo Bagbafo, Onkwasha Wale, and I would interpret that. Saying your kid is not a laundry man, but he brings home clothes. <laughs> Just tells you that something is not right somewhere. Yeah. Now, that saying is said to kind of show that people need to be conscious of not just wealth, but the source of the wealth. And it used to be that. But I tell you, we have lost even that value. Mm. Nigeria is still standing be today because of some values, some inherent values that we have kept over the years, mm. which are some of these things where you don't celebrate the thief, where, you know, everybody distances themselves from the person that gets healed well. 
But I'll tell you in the last, let me say roughly 10 years, that has changed and people are not conscious of that change and they don't know the impact of it. Mm. Nowadays, people celebrate wealth even though they know that this guy is dubious. We call it 419, that's you being fraudulent. They celebrate that person even though they know that that person is getting his wealth fraudulently. And then some people ask, but what does he do? And then you, next thing you hear is you're a hater. Why are you concerned about what it does? And I see that and my heart breaks. Because once we lose that value, then it is finished. Do you think, along, along the line, do you think it's just a trickle-down effect of what we see our politicians do? So you have a, of a politician, for example, that loots a lot of money. They take that person to prison. By the time the person comes back, they actually give him like even a, a higher appointment. They'll you know name him a minister or a senator so if the youth are seeing this kind of behavior uh, like an upstream effect if they're seeing that kind of behavior in their leaders and they're thinking well if corruption got, got them there why why should mine be any different exactly you're right so for me it's not just youth now looking at politicians the politicians that we have there now they were once youth and just like the youth of now they started losing that consciousness of well no matter as long as i get the money it doesn't matter where I get it from. Yeah. And then I would assume that we lost that generation that was concerned about those values. Mm. And so we then have these adults who celebrate ill wealth, who think that's the way to go. And then the youth no longer have people to call them to, uh, you know, to order. Mm. We have always had corrupt politicians. But now the, the idea of, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Be, uh, as I said, you know, parents would be conscious of where their mo uh, kids get money. Yeah. But the, the kind of parents that we have these days that, you know, have these youth as their children, they're the ones that even tell them that is uh, a married man and so, as long as it's going to take care of you. I personally oh. know a family, yes, and it's sad, but it's the truth. In fact, that is, that is the norm now in Nigeria. Uh, I know, if, I personally know a family where the married guy mm -hmm. is the one that actually built the house that the parents are now living in. Oh, wow. So they almost, yes. they pimp their child away. They don't think, they don't think they are pimping their child away, but that also happened. For them, they are thinking, well, he had the money to spend that, you know, who will say no? They don't understand the effect of this. And it comes down to the effect of all of this. Once you, are, you have a lot of people having this mentality and what the nation will look like in the future. What's the third point? You said you had three points. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> do you want me to go there? No, no. no I, I, can, I can just uh, touch on it. It's uh, what, uh, what you mentioned about, you know, this marmite thing and all of oh, that. that's fine. That's and, fine. Let's, no, let's, we don't yes. talk about that. We don't talk about that. So, and okay. another thing that I've noticed is there's this sense of, and, and this is me speaking in a general way, because, of course, I haven't spoken to all the Nigerian youth. And by Nigerian youth, we talk about those that are aged between 18 and 35, which, you know, I'm part of, so I'm speaking to myself as well. It's that sense of, there's a loss of identity, you know, almost like an identity crisis and sense of hopelessness that is very heavy, like it's very prevalent. It's almost palpable among Nigerian youth, almost like they don't even know who they are. And I feel like the government as a whole has handled us with, 
you know, kid gloves. Almost like, let's ignore this group. Let's not let them know. Let's not let them stay awake. Let them, let's not let that's them because they are busy winning, That's because they are busy winning the, this same youth's future. Exactly, because almost like, let's, let's put them in a sleep, in a sleep state. Because the moment they are conscious and know just how much power they have. Because the majority of people we have in Nigeria right now, 18 and 35, that's almost like a huge proportion of the, of the populace. And that's where your, your voting strength comes up. But imagine yeah. if everybody, every young, every person with that, being that demographic, were to wake up and suddenly decide, we want to change our government. We can, we can pick one person in our, in our midst to run for, you know, a major position. And that person would, you know, help us at least lay down basic infrastructure that can help the country grow. If we're to do mm -hmm. that collectively, like a call to action to do that, don't you, can't you even imagine just how much change can happen? But no, we're still sleeping. Almost like we're, almost like you know, a mosquito is biting us and we're just smiling <laughs> because it's blowing. The mosquitoes are like blowing air, so we're not even feeling. Blowing, we're not feeling that you know, the, the sucking the blood and leaving the parasite inside our bloodstream. So that's yeah. that's something that I've noticed. I try communicating with a lot of Nigerians. There's just that sense of immediate gratification, and there are many youths that do a lot better. That that are really doing well. But I'm not. I'm not speaking to those. I'm talking about sense of, of um, hopelessness that I have observed among some of the people that I've interacted with. And that really breaks my heart. That really, really breaks my heart. You're very right about that. And it comes down to what we've been saying since morning, that, you know, uh, all of this tends to make them get distracted. And uh, you've mentioned something about hopelessness, and that's very key, actually. I would say that maybe hopelessness is actually the source of all of these new ways of thinking. And it's sad. It's sad because, as you said, we don't know the kind of power we wield. Oh, my, I usually don't post on my Facebook page, but uh, during the last election in Nigeria, I was very kind of active. And I posted, there's this picture online that speaks volume to me. It shows a leader uh, with a pulpit on a, uh, on a flat surface, which is wooden, but it's on the edge. And the people of the country are the ones standing on the uh, the the landed side of the edge holding the leader up. Mm. If only we know that that picture speaks volume to me because it tells you that if only you know how powerful you are, you know that you can unseat and seat any person in government like you, you know, as you want it. As long as the person speaks for you and does for you. If not, you leave the person and move to the next person that you know has your best interest at that. And we we have lost that. We are more concerned about the mundane things. The average, okay, let me not generalize, but there are some Nigerian youths that will think, oh, voting for Big Brother Nigeria does me more good than voting for my local government chairman, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. They have lost who they are, and uh, it comes back to, you know, just wanting money or just wanting wealth any which way, just wanting to be accepted any which way, yeah. not thinking yeah. deep about the impact of the decisions that they make. Some people are so concerned about the mundane things of this life that you'll be surprised that, you know, if you do better at school, you can get this, right? Yeah, yeah. But they, they don't seem to care anymore. And once we don't have people that are hopeful that things are going to be get better, that are willing to strive to make things better, yeah. then lose who we are as a nation. It's the reason why I fear for Nigeria as a country. Yeah. I fear that if we continue this way, it would only get worse. It's, it just tells you the same youth that we have today, if you're concerned about getting the first words today, in 10 years' time, if you are, or 20 years' time, if you uh, are in the position to become a 
local government chairman. You do the same things that these same politicians that are currently they are doing. And the cycle continues. And the cycle continues. Mm. Mm. Anyways, um, let's go to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast and then we'll come back with our final thoughts. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast, everyone. For those listening for the first time, this is where I get to ask my guest open-ended questions. And the question Adenike has chosen is this. Adenike, you get to make the rules. What are they? Uh, you must be kind to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I picked that from... <laughs> I'm a Christian. I picked that from the Bible, which says, Get commandments is love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that if you have to be kind to everybody, then it will be difficult for you to hurt anybody. And... Uh, if you treat other people the way you really want to be treated, the world is going to be a better place. You wouldn't think of defrauding others because you don't want to be defrauded. You wouldn't think of marginalizing other people because you do things in the interest of the entire society yeah. and not just for yourself. So that's the single rule I'll make. That's a very good rule. I think I'll also add to that by quoting a line from one of my favorite singers, and that'll be Joel. She said, in the end, only kindness matters. I think if we're really kind, not even just to other people, but even ourselves, because charity begins at home, right? So if you're being yeah. kind to yourself, there's so much you can also give to other people, because you realize that you're, you're saying nicer things up to yourself, about yourself, to other people, and then that mirrors how you also relate to other people. So okay, well, I yes. very much agree it's with that point of view. Very good. <laughs> so we've talked about so, much, so many issues, you know, facing the um, Nigerian youth. We've talked about marginalization, lack of basic infrastructure, like you know, education, bad policies, unemployment rates, and even peer pressure in, in the name of you know having to go to very horrible means to gain money. Um, I want to err on a little bit of optimism here. What's the way forward, Nikke? How can we start changing this story? And how can we empower ourselves to, to help you know, ourselves? That's a big question. <laughs> it's a nice question, by the way. Uh, you're right. We can't just keep talking about the bad and not talk about how to fix it. I believe in not just complaining and complaining, but finding a solution to it. And uh, Mo, you don't call, I actually uh, mentioned a couple of ideas uh, in our group about, you know, what ways, no matter how small each and every person can, you know, can at least make a difference, even if it's just one person that you're going to change. I would say that, number one, we shouldn't lose hope. Sometime last year, and even till now, sometimes I just think about everything and I just lose hope. It looks, it seems so overwhelming, and it's it's true, it's overwhelming. It's a huge population we're talking about, and changing the mindset. Our mindset today didn't get there over a while, and so trying to turn it back takes a lot of time and energy, right? And also patience, which most people don't have, even I am not that patient. But we still have to look at the right side and look at the positive things, right? We know that. Some of this youth, it's not by their own doing. Yeah. It's unconscious uh, choices. You know, that's, a lot of them are still very, you know, much rooted in being the best they can be. Yeah. So I'd say, as an individual, everybody has a role to play. Find a mentee. You know, youth, find a mentor. Look for somebody that, you know, lives the kind of life you want to live or hopefully, has an idea hopefully about... positive, positive oh, life hopefully, that you want exactly. to live. Thank you. Hopefully positively. <laughs> because that's happening negative right now. <laughs> that's happening negatively right now. So hopefully positive, you know. Uh, choose somebody. Do the best you can do. I remember talking, I actually put 
together, you know, a little documents and, you know, try to review it among my friends about how we can help the youth to get ready for what the future looks like, especially yeah. people that are in school, people that are in college, in Nigeria, where we don't believe in extracurricular activities. I never did any of those except maybe something that I'm forced to do. But we have all seen the importance of some of these things that look small, but that actually make a lot of difference. Yeah. So uh, pick somebody, find a group of people, they are blocked everywhere. Now it's easier to reach people, even though now people don't pay attention to things that are of value yeah. as much as uh, things that are not of good value. But we need to keep pushing. We can't, we can't you know, give up. We need to keep doing what we can do. Support somebody, mentor somebody, push somebody to be their best, encourage somebody, speak positively to them. Let them know that they can do whatever it is they choose to do, right? Yeah. In a positive light and that they can make a lot of difference. Also, just as I'm talking to more about, you know, how deeply rooted our issues are, maybe once we start consciously telling people about how bad things really look, maybe that would cause some kind of change yeah. among everyone and i'm saying positive change as very well good, very so, good we should we should very good and i also want to emphasize the place of social support so i didn't grow up with the best of luxury but i i always i always go back to just what changed for me and i was having positive role models and also hanging up with people that you know seem to do a lot better than i was doing and by looking at them i just wanted to at least live vicariously through them and guess what time and, with time and time that influence rubbed off on me and i was able to see myself not just uh, due to my current circumstance but i could think bigger and another thing i also want to add to that is i noticed that many people that have i won't say many people like there's just this um really horrible mentality we have that anybody that wants to help you has to help you by giving you money don't please anybody listening to this don't don't miss a big chance of getting good quality mentorship because the person is not giving you money, they're not helping you. There's so many advice you can get. There's so they can even maybe read through your CV, help you with recommendation letters. They could serve as your sponsor. Money isn't always the only way anybody can impact your life, because you can you can never you can never ever ever substitute the role of a good sponsor. As far as you know, emotional support, as far as mental support, if you throw that away because of money, then you know it's it's not always the right way to go. But anyways, um. Are there any final thoughts you have before I let you go? <laughs> uh, I'll just say we should keep doing the best we can. Yeah. We are what we got. Yeah. And, and um, for anyone listening, if you, if you re- listen to this and you're in a place where you need somebody to talk to, please email me. Email me. And um, if I don't even know how to help, I promise you find somebody that can you know, take, up or, take up your case. If you need someone to help you read through a letter or advise you on the next step to go, I'm making myself available to the Nigerian youth that is listening to this, I need someone to talk to. Because we can't just keep talking about these problems and not make ourselves available. This is a platform for such issues. So please email me at talktomore.com or you can even check the website and send a, a message through that. I always read really through my emails. Um, um, you can also reach me, sir, with cutting. You can yes. also reach me through more, please. Okay. I'm willing to do anything. As she said, it's not all about money, but I'm willing to do anything, anything, as long as it's within my power. Wow. I believe in us. Oh my goodness, that's really, and this is going a lot because I know you're not, you're very private about things like that. I'm even, even the more encouraged. So email me and if you want to speak to Nikkei directly, I can put you guys in touch. But please, you know, there, there's hope. Don't lose hope. Don't compromise your standards. Don't do things because everybody's doing them. I believe you. You listen to this. I believe in you. 
Anyways, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Nikki. I really appreciate your input. Thank Thanks you for speaking to the, to the current you know, state of Nigeria and the future that lies ahead of us. Everyone, thanks for listening. This has been the More Civil Podcast, where I had the you know, grace and, and the, just the pleasure of talking with my friend Adenike as we talked about issues facing the Nigerian youth and what we can do to them. Um, leave comments, um, review this podcast on iTunes, and also check it out on, on Stitcher. I just recently got approved on Stitcher. I'm going to put that link up also on the announcement. Um, catch you guys on another episode and this has been the Mossable Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. One minute. Thanks. I don't know if I told you before. I realized it's eight o'clock. Man, two episodes. Lots of magic back on them. Yeah, no, next to Lomadja. Next to Lomadja. My fellow, my fellow France in here.